Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Unexplained Extra, with me, Richard McLean Smith. For the weeks in between episodes, we look at the stories that for one reason or other didn't make it into the show. In last week's episode, The Final Flight, we looked at the tragic story of Australian Training Corps pilot Fred Valentich and his mysterious disappearance one evening in October 1978. Fred had been attempting a solo flight across the Bass Strait just to the south of Melbourne, Australia, when he vanished without a trace. In a famous final communication between Fred and air traffic control, it appeared that Fred was being tracked by a large UFO just prior to his disappearance. If, as some believe, Fred had in fact fabricated the event, it has been suggested that the Australian release of Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind in March of that year may have served as a possible source of inspiration. Yet, only six months previously, something far more fantastical had occurred that would no doubt have been noted by Fred, a young man with a keen interest in UFOs and the hunt for alien life. The Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, or SETI, is the term given to humanity's collective attempts to find signs of intelligent life in the universe. Of course, we may always have looked to the night sky and wondered whether or not we were alone. But it wasn't until a remarkable discovery, confirmed in 1887, that we began to conceive of a way in which we might actually begin to find out. In 1864, Scottish physicist James Clerk Maxwell proposed his groundbreaking theory that electricity, magnetism and light were in fact all manifestations of the same phenomenon. His findings, published as a paper titled A Dynamical Theory of the Electromagnetic Field, marked a paradigm shift in our understanding of the laws of the universe, but also gave us the means with which to listen to it. For it was in Maxwell's understanding of electromagnetism 
that the concept of radio waves, themselves a type of electromagnetic radiation, was first theorised. However, as is often the case, the maths would predate the technology needed to prove the theory by some years. In the end, it wasn't until 1887, over 20 years later, that German physicist Heinrich Hertz, working in his lab at the Karlsruhe Institute in Germany, generated the radio waves that finally proved Maxwell's theory to be correct. Now, for the first time ever, we had the ability to send and receive communications wirelessly over seemingly vast distances. A decade later, Italian inventor and electrical engineer Guglielmo Marconi would pioneer the first practical radio transmitters. Owing to Maxwell's initial discovery, it was well understood that since radio waves were a form of electromagnetic radiation, the Earth should in theory be bombarded by signals from any number of celestial sources throughout the universe. However, after the discovery of the ionosphere in 1902, most physicists assumed that any radio transmissions from outside the atmosphere would be instantly deflected back into space. And so it was in 1933, when Carl Guth Jansky, who was working for Bell Laboratories in Holmdel, New Jersey, made an extraordinary discovery. Having missed out to AT&T in the race to build the first transatlantic telephone communications, Bell Labs were hoping to improve on the system with the use of short radio waves. The only problem was trying to figure out a way to stop the pesky static from interfering with the transmissions. It was Jansky's job to try and determine once and for all just where exactly the static was coming from. A short time later, he had his answer, sort of. Two sources were found to be coming from either nearby or far-off thunderstorms. But the third source was a steady, consistent hiss of unknown origin. The hiss would rise and fall in a period approximating a standard rotation of the Earth, so it seemed reasonable to assume it was generated by the Sun. But curiously, the signal seemed to repeat just four minutes shy of 24 hours. What Jansky eventually discovered was that the signal was not coming from the Sun at all. It was coming from somewhere in the middle of the Milky Way. Early in the 20th century, a number of scientists, including Nikola Tesla and Lord William Kelvin, had speculated on the use of radio waves to contact life forms on other planets. But it wasn't until astronomer Frank Drake's 1960 Project Uzma that scientists took seriously the possibility that other civilizations might in fact be trying to contact us, and may have been doing so for quite some time. Drake's project is widely considered the birth of the modern SETI movement and inspired many others to pick up the mantle. But such projects require inordinate amounts of ambition and money. Fortunately, it was the 1960s, and certainly in the case of the United States, never before or since had so much been invested in space exploration. It was a remarkably complex decade for the young nation in which a new soul appeared to be awakening embodied by the civil rights movement and the social optimism of Jack Kennedy's government. It was an optimism that grew in spite of less palatable agendas 
but ultimately one that could not drown out the sound of distant bombs coming from the Far East. It was a nation, in one sense blossoming in colour, but in another, bleeding to death on the jungle floor of Vietnam. A nation drafting disproportionately poor or black soldiers to fight in unknown places, and yet, at the same time, a nation inspiring the world as it stepped forth from the Apollo 11 lunar module to plant a foot on the dusty surface of the moon. The space race may have begun as a cynical and divisive battle to demonstrate economic primacy, but as Neil Armstrong emerged from NASA's spacecraft on July 21, 1969, what the world saw was nothing but a human being, alone in the vastness of space, unfettered by politics or religion, his face and skin colour hidden under a hulking, cumbersome spacesuit. In that moment, no country had ever before created an image of such profound symbolism. A moment to obliterate what divides us, revealing instead that above everything else, humanity was all of us. In that moment, we were all Neil Armstrong, taking one small step for humans and one giant leap for humankind. And then, almost overnight, the funding dried up. The installation of the Nixon administration in 1969 brought a raft of ideological changes, many of which were at odds with the scientific community. By 1973, President Nixon had not only abolished the post of scientific advisor, but also the entire Office of Science and Technology. By the end of the year, spending on non-defence-based research and development had been reduced by a third. As a result, the National Science Foundation was forced to make drastic cuts to a number of research projects, including one particularly ambitious operation that had been running out of Perkins Observatory at Ohio State University since 1965. Are you always taking care of your family? Do you often take care of others and not yourself? Now it's time to take care of yourself, to make time for you. You deserve it. Teladoc gives you access to a licensed therapist to help you get back to feeling your best, to feeling like yourself again. With Teladoc, you can speak to a licensed therapist by phone or video. Therapy appointments are available seven days a week from 7am to 9pm local time. If you feel overwhelmed sometimes, maybe you feel stressed or anxious, depressed or lonely, or you might be struggling with a personal or family issue, Teladoc can help. Teladoc is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy to change counsellors if needed, for free. Teladoc therapy is available through most insurance or employers. Download the app or visit teladoc.com forward slash unexplained podcast today to get started. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com slash unexplained podcast. The project was the brainchild of American physicist John D. Krauss, who in 1955 proposed the modest plan to conduct a radio survey of the entire universe. Two years later, construction began on a structure of truly epic proportions. Formed of one flat tiltable reflector measuring 340 feet by 100 feet in height, a fixed curved reflector measuring 360 feet by 70 feet in height, 
and a vast aluminium ground covering. By the time it was completed five years later, the telescope covered an area the size of three football fields. Fittingly, it was given the name Big Ear. The telescope was turned on in 1965. Eight years later, Big Ear had recorded 70% of the sky and picked up over 20,000 radio wave-emitting objects, some of which had come from the furthest reaches of the universe, with a great number of them previously unknown signals. But in 1972, owing to the funding cuts, the United States Congress voted to end the Ohio Sky Survey. Perversely, the decision was a blessing in disguise for SETI when it was decided to instead use the enormous telescope to focus solely on listening out for signs of alien life. In 1973, the telescope was then pitched specifically at an area of the electromagnetic spectrum known as the hydrogen line. The line refers to the wave frequency, roughly 1420 megahertz, of neutral hydrogen atoms, the most abundant substance in space. In 1959, astrophysicists Philip Morrison and Frank Drake reasoned that any advanced civilization would recognize the hydrogen line as the best frequency band to emit interstellar beacons. And so, once it was set, the telescope would remain, scouring the universe with each rotation of the Earth, day after day, picking up the same familiar signals. But then, something extraordinary happened. On Monday, August the 15th, 1977, 47-year-old SETI volunteer Jerry Emmon finished his latest shift and locked up the lab for the evening. Later that night, with Jerry tucked up in bed, back at the lab, lights blinked in the darkness and cooling fans whirred as the printer, with its relentless metallic rattling, spewed out the data. Minute after minute, hour after hour, the familiar rhythms played out as the telescope's signals were analysed and processed before appearing as alphanumeric code on the sprocket-fed paper. But then, at approximately 10.16pm Eastern Standard Time, something upset the rhythm. An unusual signal that lasted no more than 72 seconds before it was gone. Seconds later, as the lights continued to blink and the fans continued to hum, the printer settled back into its familiar metallic rhythm. It would be four days before Jerry would make it back to the observatory to analyse the data. On August the 19th, just after dinner, Jerry made his way down to the lab. Moments later, he found himself staring down at a computer printout that was almost impossible to believe. The data is printed in columns, with each of the first 50 columns showing the intensity of a signal in relation to specific bands of frequency. The intensity was recorded on a scale of 1 to 9, with anything larger being represented by letters of the alphabet in an ascending scale from A to Z. Ordinarily, one would expect the readout to display mainly blank spaces, where no intensity is recorded, or 1s and 2s for low intensity. 
But when Jerry looked at the printout from 10.16pm on Monday, August the 15th, his jaw dropped. In a sea of blanks, ones and twos, standing out by a mile, was the sequence 6EQUJ5. Without even thinking, Jerry grabbed a red pen, circled the numbers and scrawled the word WOW in the margin. Not only had such a sequence never been seen before, the letter U alone had never before been recorded by the telescope. The signal was later discovered to be coming from the direction of the constellation of Sagittarius, over 200 light-years away. To this day, the origin of the signal remains a mystery. As for Big Ear, in 1998, the radio telescope was ordered to be dismantled by the landowners to make way for a 381-lot development and a nine-hole golf course. All Elements of Unexplained are produced by me, Richard McLean-Smith. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and feel free to get in touch with any thoughts or ideas regarding the stories you've heard on the show. Perhaps you have an explanation of your own you'd like to share. You can reach us online at unexplainedpodcast.com or on Twitter at unexplainedpod. Now it's time to take care of yourself, to make time for you. Teladoc gives you access to a licensed therapist to help you get back to feeling your best. Speak to a licensed therapist by phone or video anytime between 7am to 9pm local time, seven days a week. Teladoc therapy is available through most insurance or employers. Download the app or visit teladoc.com forward slash unexplained podcast today to get started. That's T-E-L-A-D-O-C dot com slash unexplained podcast. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.